Yeah, I've you know I've seen it multiple times. It's funny because one of the guys who did the game last week with a stench comb, and you know I was I was more familiar with his younger brother than I was with him, you know. But it's you know it's not the first time, you know. And, and sometimes there's unusual ones like I had Josh Reed, um, Josh Reed with uh, down in Florida. His brother was the returner, number sixteen with the Ravens, uh, you know. So. Uh, you know, there's been times where there's been guys out there that uh, have been the younger brothers, and usually you're, for, you're the forgotten children when you're the second time around, especially when the first go around, both those players were pretty good, you know. So, you know, I haven't had them, too many of them per, uh, myself, but I have been affected by different brother combinations. As you mentioned that Mac made a uh, change, a bold move with his coaching staff. Uh, as a head coach, is that a lot harder from a personal standpoint than making a change on the depth chart because of all the time you spend with your assistants? Uh, no, it's not. It's it's not hard doing. It's when you do it. I mean, the bold wasn't the change. It's when when you change. I mean, it's very unusual to be doing it. You know, two or three games into your season, you just don't see that happening very often. Making a change is always difficult. Making a change in coaching staffs is always difficult, but you know, after a season's over, and you have a full body of evidence there, and you and you can reflect on pros and cons. It you know sometimes it is what it is, but doing it during the seasons is is very very unusual. But I think that Max' personality, he was he was looking for something that he wasn't getting. You know, he was he was looking for a settle, let their athletes be athletes. And that's not what they were doing. And I think that, you know, he had, Greg had been around some as a sort of like a consultant to them. And, you know, he was familiar with their program and what was going on there. So it wasn't like he was coming in with no familiarity to what was happening. And I think that, you know, he had, Mac and he had saw things more eye to eye. And it just made it easier for Mac knowing that uh, they were going to play defense the way he wanted to play defense. I know you've talked about. Last year's loss to Texas was, you know, something you were miserable about. Only happy for Mac, that kind of thing. But looking back, is there anything you can pinpoint that you gained from that game and experience as a team? Yeah, I mean, the players should feel that they have a chance. They have a chance of winning. That's that's the most important thing. You know, look, you just came off a, a butt kicking this past week. I mean, so you're getting ready to go down, go on the road to Texas, who's you know, who's got momentum going on their side. But just like I'm sure Mac's showing them that game from last year to say, don't overlook these guys. We're also showing the game from last year and say, you know, that, that's the same guys, fellas. I mean, almost all the players are the same, except for the first round draft choice. It's not there anymore. I mean, that's that's who you're going against. I mean, there they are, the same guys. I mean, same guys you had on the rope. So there's no reason why you shouldn't expect, shouldn't, shouldn't expect more of the same. He, he did benches with them last year. Uh, did you use that with your players, or will you use that with your players? Maybe Oklahoma had them too, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it was about there might have been eight blowers on the sideline. I mean, I'm I'm uh, be honest with you. I have a great view from my office, and I'm looking out the window, and I said, Are "Those heaters over there." I mean, I mean, yeah, you could say it, but at the, at the end of the day, you know. Really, what difference does it make? You could sit there and say, "Can you believe that?" But you know, 
they play better than you do, it really doesn't make a difference. It didn't doesn't, doesn't end up working. That psychology only lasts for a short amount of time. What did you see after looking at Montel on film? <clears throat> I thought that you know he has a lot of room for improvement. I was good, you know. It, it, we kind of followed the plan that we've had for the last couple of weeks, which was a good. You know, we practiced him about half 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 the week. You know, he got about half the reps in practice, and as the game played out, he played about half the game. You know, so we want both the guys know this wasn't going to be like a quick trigger. Like if you go three and out, you're out, and the next guy's in, where you're looking over your shoulder the whole time because now you make one mistake, you're afraid you're on the sideline. But uh, you know, I think that you know there were a lot of a lot of things from that game that he did well, but there's tons of things that he saw that he's going to gain valuable experience. Every time he gets out there, it's just going to get better and better for Montel, you know. And he'll be out there a bunch again this week. Is that, is that fun, enjoyable part of the coaching, to, to watch a young guy like that kind of see himself on film? And, and Well, it would be a really difficult situation if it wasn't, to be honest with you, for how Jake Heaps handled the situation. Because it could be very uncomfortable trying to do this the same thing you're talking about. You know, so on the on the one hand, yes is the answer to your question, but yes at what price? And uh, Jake is the one that's really made this you know, made this a little easier to go because Jake is probably the most unselfish person we have. You know, he doesn't care whatever whatever we have to do to gives us the best chance. That's all he's concerned with. I noticed when Kozar made a good play, Jake was out there and slapping him. Is that something you had to remind him, or he no, was? That's the best part. That's the best part. I mean, the first person down there, and I don't know if you noticed, but when Jake went back in, you know, he threw the touchdown pass. The first person to Jake was Montel. And that's another thing we didn't say. So, I mean, you could see that they kind of fed off of each other, and that was a really good thing to see because those are things that if you set them, it, would be, it wouldn't mean as much. Them doing it on their own means a lot more. They're obviously different players. What, what can Montel learn from Jake the most? Well, I mean, Jake is so good with the team. And, you know, a lot of times when you're a freshman, you're kind of afraid to, to take that role. But, like, one of the things that Jake said just last night, you know, when we were talking was, you know, go ahead, be more authoritative in the huddle. Don't just, just don't read the plays. Call the plays. When you're in there, it's your huddle. It's your team. You know, and... Who says, you know, people don't say things like that. You know, it's, you know, Jake's been, he's been great. He's been, he's, he's re really been good for Montel, too. Is that natural for Montel then to take that advice and then run with it? He'll run with that in a heartbeat because knowing you have the support from the guy who's really starting, who's, who's a runaway captain on the team, you know, that, you know, that, that it takes the tension that he has to deal with. You know, he doesn't have to deal with, you know, like, you know, hey, I'm trying. I'm here to try to take your job. That's what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be trying to take their jobs. When they're not trying to take their jobs, that's when you got a problem. In that sense, regardless of who it is, are you hoping that one kind of emerges as the guy going forward? Or? I think that you know, as the year goes on, I can't. You know, you know, you wouldn't say ideally it is to play him half and half. You wouldn't say that that's it. But let, let's see where it goes. Like I told Jake last night. You go out there and we score four touchdowns in a row, you're still going to be out there in case you're wondering. 
You know, it isn't, it isn't like you, all of a sudden they used to say, well, let's be innovative. We, score, we just scored a bunch of touchdowns. Let's take them out now. You know, that, you know, we would never do that. I mean, you'd like to think that you get to a point, you know, obviously we haven't had much offensive production. That, that would be rhetorical to even uh, discuss at this point. But if one of them got a hot hand in the game, why would you take him out? You, you know, he just wouldn't. So we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. Along those same lines, playing two guys, is it that you're trying to, to see who kind of rises to the top? Or do they give you different things and you want them both? I'd say if you if you divided the game into like three parts right there, okay. Well, let's let's just divide it into to quarters. I'd say about half the stuff they both can do it really doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference who's in there. So that leaves you you another fifty percent. Twenty five percent you geared towards one guy, and twenty five percent you geared towards the other guy. So the combination is when one guy's in there, he's got seventy five percent of the plan that you could work with. When the other guy's in there, he has 75% of the plan he could work with, but that 25% difference is, di is different because it's geared towards them. Like we have things that are geared just towards Mont when Montel's in, and we have things that are geared just towards when Jake's in, and then the rest of it's geared to it doesn't make a difference who's in. So that's, that's how we practice it too. We practice it exactly how I just described it to you. It might sound confusing, but it really isn't very confusing. Diagram or yeah, but, but, but really, when you lay out reps, it really is not that confusing. Like, I'll tell you, like, there's one period today that's 20 plays that Jake has 12 and Montella has 8. But there's another period today where Jake has 8 and Montella has 12. You know, so we're, we're, it's a different, you know, it's, it's a different part of practice, but it all depends on what, you know, on what we're doing at the time and gearing towards this is their package. That 25% that I was talking about is being emphasized in that one package, so one guy would be in more than the other one. Once you have Montel on campus for a little while, how much weight do you want to put on him? In terms of his frame, what's the ideal body type? You know, Bob and I were talking about that just last night, and I think that I leave that to Hosopel because you want him to get as big as they possibly can without losing their quickness. I mean, and I don't, I don't want to keep on bringing up Tommy, but when, we, when Tommy came in, he was 188 pounds. At the end of his, his rookie year, he was 217 pounds. So he went from 188 to 217 in one year. I mean, but now Tommy was six foot five. You know, he, you know, he, had, you know he, he had the frame where he could carry that much weight. You know, I don't know. I'm not the expert on that. That's what, that's what Scott's here for. Scott's the guy that can, you know, give me the best. Hey, here's what the this, here's where this guy should you know, be trying to get to. I'll leave it to the experts on that. Is he big enough to take the hits that it takes to be a passing? Uh, he's plenty. He's plenty big enough. I mean, would I like him to weigh more than 180 pounds? If if that's what he weighs, I couldn't tell you what he weighs right now. I'd have to put him on a scale. I couldn't tell you. But would I like him at 200 instead of 180? You betcha. But whatever Scott says, that's what I'm going with. Charlie, you've seen everything, good, bad, all points in the middle, NFL, college, the works. We're kind of an instant, in it's instant gratification age. People see NFL teams go from A to B, or the Chiefs quick to that, you know those folks too. What do you say? Yeah, exactly. They, but they look at this and they go, darn it, maybe that's the eight. Why, 
two and five is progress, it's not progress enough. Do you have to just kind of laugh and just say, I, you know the big picture, it doesn't, work, it doesn't work like a video game? No, I think that the most important thing is waiting, let the season play out. You know, I think that that's the most important thing because sometimes you have to look at not just how things are going, but how they finish. I've said all along, okay, and I could be wrong. I don't think I'm going to be wrong. I said all along that I think we'll be playing our best football at the end of the year. Okay, so, I mean, that, we got five games to go but to, to find out if that's the case or not. I mean, it isn't exactly like we've been playing, you know, one double-A teams every week here for the last bunch of weeks, the last I checked. I mean, it's just dial them up one after another, you know, and the, the Big 12 is a very, very good league and very good competition, and they're, and they're good football teams. I mean, Baylor just stomped us. I don't, the last I checked, there were a bunch of other teams that didn't fare too well against them as well. That's not an excuse. That's reality. That's just the way it is. But I think let's see how it plays out at the end of the year. You know, if you're sitting there 2 and 10 at the end of the year, it would be tough for me to sit there and answer that there's a lot of progress. I'd have a tough time saying it. But that's not where we intend, that's not where we intend on being. Getting back to practice real quick, uh, you said when – when you gave Blasco and, and Palace more responsibility, that would give you a chance to work more with receivers or individual drills or things like that. How's that gone, and has it been to your liking? Well, I thought the receivers actually played, played better last week. I mean, you actually saw more route definition. They weren't just running routes. Okay, they were competing for balls. You know, and that isn't a shot at the receivers or Coach Ionello. It's the, the extra pressure of the head coach being around you all the time. Now all of a sudden it's not, you've got another set of eyes and it happens to be the boss. I mean, it put no – matter, no matter who you are, instantly – I mean, if you're doing something and all of a sudden Tom's around all the time, you're not the same person either in case you're wondering. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. It's a lot different when, when you're doing it on your own and when, you know, the, the guy who's in charge is there. You know, I thought that, you know, I thought that all of them, you know, that all of them played harder and with more, with more definition. And if that's, if that's the step we made last week and continue can make a step like that each week, then we're heading in the right, dire we're heading in the right direction. I assume that's something you saw in practice then, too. Uh, it's, the only thing is I saw it the week before, too, and the, but it didn't carry over to the game. So now the coaching point was after that, okay, now the next step is, okay, fellas, you can't just do it in practice. And then the game, all of a sudden, all the, all the discipline goes by the boards. So I think that, the, I think that they actually they, they looked improved last week. I'm not saying we looked great because we didn't look great anywhere, but they actually looked improved, and I expect them to be better this week. It gives you like the um, kind of the change that you made the last week or two with your role, and how you kind of slid into that. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, allowed, it's allowed me to coach a lot more, and I and be honest with you, I get to see a lot more. I mean, because you think about it, if you're calling the game, if you're calling the game, and now the series is over, you're not really watching the game. I mean, you might your eyes might be out on the game, but you're now con you're con you're going over what just happened in the last series. Okay, good and bad. You're going over what happened. You're kind of predicting what's going to happen in the next series, what they're going to do. And then you're coming up with a, like a whole other set of openers, 
you know, because now you've gone through openers, let's say. Now you're going to, okay, now what are the next half dozen plays you got dialed up and ready to go? And before you know it, it's, it's third down and, and the punt team's going out. You know, it, it's, it happens in a hurry. Whereas in this time, I say, okay, uh, uh, tell me what happened in that series. Now, hold on, I'll click back over to you. Let me see what's going on in defense. I mean, now, now you have a chance to do that. Now you come back and you catch up. Okay, Ron, talk to me. Tell me what, tell me what we got here now. You know, and now you're not the one having to do all that grunt work. Now those guys are coming back and they say, okay, here's what they did. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we got dialed up next, and you know, and that's it. I mean, it, it allows you, you know, to to see a lot more of the game. You actually miss a lot of the game. Um, you miss a lot of the game when you're calling the game. You miss a lot of the game because you're only, you know, all your the majority of your emphasis is just on trying to get ready for the next series. How soon do you let Paulus know? Which quarterbacks can we go out there? Does that depend on field position? Well, I mean, usually we'll, I'll go after a drive's over. I'll say, okay, where, where, are we, where are we going here now? Where are we heading with this? You know, that, so we, you know, I won't just say, hey, Ron, who you want to put in next, just like that. Uh, I'll say uh, another series here. And, you know, like, we, what we don't want either quarterback to feel when they're in there is that they're in there for three plays and out. We don't want, we don't want that happening. Okay, we want them to be able to get a little uh, to to be in there to be able to go ahead and run run some stuff. And like we're going to go in and out every other play. We're, you know, we're not we're not doing that. But uh, I, we have a chance to talk about it. But usually it's after they get to see what just happened in the last drive. So I, w I we don't do it right away. But I go over and talk to both of them after we after the decision made on where we're heading. I go over and talk to. I usually look at one guy and tell the other guy he's in. So usually I look at him and I say, okay, like, hey, Montel, you're in, but I'm looking at Jake when I'm saying it. You know, so that, you know, because anyone's, they're, well, they're doing the same thing we're doing. They're sitting there watching you to see who's dialed up next. I mean, they're, they're no different than anyone else. I'm not, you know, I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. Contrary to popular opinion, Tom. Coach, Damon Martin is the backup guard at those spots and Randall didn't now left tackle? Yep, we put uh, we we haven't been real pleased with the physicality that we've been getting at the tackle position. Um, we've been uh, we've been fine with the assignments, not the physicality. Okay, so what we have, you know, by having two veteran guys and Riley and, and Randall backing up the two tackle positions. We know that if, if we need to put another guy in that can be settled in at one position just to play physical, you know, because the, once again, we're going against another team, the defensive ends, just like last week, the defensive ends are, are the, probably the strength of their team. At 44 and 88, these two guys, you know, they're pretty good. So, I mean, we, we have guys on deck ready to go that have some experience and has some has some girth about him so that uh, we'd be ready to go if that were, were to take place. Do you think it's realistic at this point that your passing game could get as good sometime during the course of this season as Texas's is now with McCoy's brother? At 141 yards a game? Yeah, I think we can throw for 141 yards a game. That's what he's throwing for. Yeah, do I think we could throw for 141 yards a game? Yeah, I believe that. So that would, would that then allow you to do what they're doing, pounding it? Uh, well, we're already pounding it. 
okay? Uh, but, you know, they've, they've taken advantage. They've gotten defensive scores. You know, we've gotten it. We've, you know, we had one from Jacory last week. I mean, you know, look at some of the, some of the biggest plays they've had. Uh, you look at the last game, they get, they get the ball one time, their offense starts to with the ball on the two-yard line. Another time, a defensive, uh, defensive guy intercepts it and takes it to the house. There's 14 points like that. I mean, I'll take those 14 points right now. I mean, now it's already 14. Now you're halfway home. You get 28, you're going to get a game like this. You have a chance of winning. Yeah, I think we can throw for 141 yards. I know it wasn't 16, as you you so correctly stated two weeks ago, Tom. You corrected my 18 to 16. Yeah. Big, big percentage difference. Yeah, you, you're right, to tell you the truth. You are correct, once again. It goes with, with Tony. Do you have to be more careful with him now that, that he kind of thought he was okay and maybe he was a little shaken up? Yes, I'm. I wouldn't say perplexed. I'm. I'm concerned. You know, um, there's nothing medically keeping from playing. But you know, uh, I'm. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, and you know, maybe, maybe I'm overly concerned. But when the kid's out there for three plays and he's dizzy and he hasn't gotten hit, you better be concerned. Especially when he's, you know, he's got his head knocked around a couple of times in a calendar year. You know, I mean, that isn't that isn't that the one of the biggest points in, in football today? You know, the discussion on concussions. How hypocritical could you be if you went and tried to push a guy out? You're sitting there saying, yeah, you know, you look out for your players. Yeah, you look out for your players. But now you're sticking a guy out there that you know is woozy without getting hit. I mean, when you're woozy without getting hit, that's you know. It's time to to take a rest and make sure that the next time you go out there, you're not going to be afraid. You know what happens, to be perfectly honest with you? Then you go out there afraid. Because that's, you know, and the one thing you can't do is you can't play this game that way. You know, you can't, because now you're concerned that every time you're going to get hit, you know, you're going to get a concussion. And I think that the next time Tony goes out there, it'll be where he's totally convinced that A, he's healthy, and B, that he's not going to get hurt. You know, I think that we, he will not see the field, he will not see the field one second until we get to that time. I mean, for example, I could have put him day to day. He's listed as questionable. I mean, there's, no, there's nothing on the medical report that keeps him from playing. But the odds of me playing him are, are slim to none. Did he go to his position coach during the game or the, the training staff? Or how oh, he, you... No, he came right. He came off the field. I went right to I, I looked at him. I mean, that's the one thing you could do now. When, when you're in that, how I've kind of tweaked my role now, before I wouldn't even have seen him. But now he's coming off the field, and I'm watching him because you know, I'm watching him the whole time. I'm watching him from when he went over by the bench, first of all, and then you know, he dropped the ball, which is unusual for him. Okay, then he's come over, and I'm watching him, and his head's down the whole time. So I don't know if his head's down because he's depressed because he dropped the ball or, he, or, or something's wrong. So as soon as he came off the field, I said, talk to me. And that's the first words I said to him. I said, talk to me. He goes, I'm dizzy. And I said, and then I yelled for Murph, and that, and that was it. You know, that was, you know, it didn't take much. When they look at you, when you look into their faces and the kid sits there and says he's dizzy and he hadn't gotten hit, 
that pretty much told the story. Along those lines of being cautious, I, I wonder if it's been a guy that you've had to keep well, calm. I'm sure he was Well, he wanted him. to play last week. Yeah. You know, he wanted to play last week. He just did, he, you know, right, right until Friday, he's still trying to get ready to go. And, you know, he wasn't really ready to, to, let, it, to let it loose. In a game like that, that was going to be played in space. I knew that this, if you look at it, the guy wasn't perfectly healthy. You're going to play the whole game in space. I, a week later, you're going to play a team that's going to try to pound you. Okay, well, so which game do you want him playing in if you have a choice? So you held him from that game, which was going to be played in space where he wasn't going to be 100%, and now you got him back for the game that the team that's going to try to pound you, which that's his game. So, I mean, the game they're playing is the game that, that's his game. So, you know, we're, we're, I think it matches up well. Giving him the little extra rest matched up well for, you know, getting him back for, uh, for a game plan that I think is going to need him. Not to read too much into one play, but is uh, Bourbon a much bigger threat with Montel in there than with Jake in there as a runner? I think that the threat of plus one football, which is the quarterback keeping, the threat of plus one football makes all the runners more viable. And because Brandon has probably as good as athleticism of anyone, as anyone we have and better speed than most people think he has, okay, it becomes him, it, it makes him more dangerous. You know, but, you know, Montel brings plus one football that you don't have, you don't have with Jake. That's, that's the biggest advantage.